One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there, welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast where women can share their experiences with pregnancy and birth, a space created solely for women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. In this episode, I chat to Ellen and she talks me through her two pregnancies and births. Ellen is a young mum, so it's really nice to hear her perspective. She also talks me through her struggles um, on both of her postpartum journeys. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Ellen, you're very welcome. Do you want to start by just getting straight into your first birth? So my first birth was Fionn. Um, I was 20 when I found out I was pregnant. Um, it's actually a funny story because I didn't know I was pregnant. I went to the doctor for UTI and he was just like, I was like, oh, I was, I was awake all night. I had really bad pain and I was just like, I just, I need to go to the doctor. And my first day ever calling in sick to work. And I was so nervous and I was like, right, I just need to go to the doctor. So I, was, I got like a last minute emergency appointment, went to the doctor. And uh, I just mentioned that my periods had kind of been all over the place. And uh, he was like, it's very time to be pregnant. I was like, I doubt it. But he was like, we'll just check. So I was like, that's grand, whatever. So we were waiting first and he was just chatting to me about other things. And then uh, he turned it over and put it back. And I was like, oh, I mustn't be right. And he was like, how would you feel if you were? And I was like, well, I'd be shocked, but I'd be happy, like, but I'd be so shocked. And he goes, well, you are. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean I am? He was like, you're pregnant. I was like, me, I'm pregnant. He was like, yeah. I was like, oh my God. And then he went on to like take my pulse on that. And I was like, no, my heart is going to be racing because I did not expect it at all. And I was just like, oh, it was crazy. So... So had yeah, you been on was... birth control at that stage? So I was on it for years and then I came off it because I was, um, I had really bad migraines. So I was on a no estrogen pill, so I was constantly taking it. But I kind of wanted to get my natural cycle back. Not because I wanted to start having babies, but I just wanted to get it back because I hadn't had it in a few years. Yeah. So I came off it. And then it was like, I think I was off it for about a year and a half before I ever got pregnant. So how did you feel then? When you like when when the kind of the news kind of settled into your your mind, how did you I was well. The first thing then I was like, I have to tell my mom, and I was like, I have to tell my dad, and then I he has to tell his parents. I was more worried about his parents' reaction than my own parents' reaction, but um, 
It all went fine, like everyone was really supportive, but I think I was just like so worried about like what everybody else was going to think. What I was like, I kind of kept saying to myself, like I know I'm only 20, but I was like, I'm really happy about this. I was like, I feel like I should be like more like, oh God, what, what have I got myself into? But I was really happy because I always wanted to be a mom. And I had kind of been told years ago that um, I may have trouble having children. So it was a complete shock. So I was just like, I just can't believe that it's happened. So I, well, I was really, really happy about it, but I was, it took me a while to be like, oh my God, like this is happening. And how did you feel then in terms of the pregnancy? Was your, did you have morning sickness or anything like that? No, absolutely not. So I didn't find out till I was nearly eight weeks pregnant. So I literally, I didn't, I didn't feel nauseous. I wasn't getting sick. There was nothing, obviously just the fact that I was uncomfortable. I thought I'd do a UTI, but that was just, I don't know what that, I think that was just my body just stretching and stuff. And did you do any antenatal classes? So I, I think around the time that I should have been doing antenatal classes, it was around Christmas time, they'd all been booked out. There was something like, I couldn't go to the usual one in the hospital because it was completely booked out. And it was, it was booked out until I was like 39 weeks. And I was like, well, I, we, I could have had the baby by then. So I didn't want to book him for that. But then she mentioned that there was a young mother's one. Okay. So um, I went to that, but it, I don't know. I don't know. Was it because it was a young mother's one? But it was just very like I don't know. It was. It wasn't. It didn't make you feel any better about going to into your birth. It didn't make me feel any cat. Like I kind of had a conversation with myself. I was like, "Look, this is going to go how it's going to go," mm-hmm. and I would love to do it without pain relief. But I'm not going to take anything off the table. I'm not going to be silly and be like, "No, I'm not getting that. I'm not doing this." I was like, "I'm going to keep everything on the table." I was just like, and I, I was really lucky that my mom, her birth, her birth story with me was really positive and she always talked about it in a positive way. So like, I was lucky to have that. So she was like, you'll be fine. You'll be able to do it. And I kind of was just like, just don't think about it because the baby's going to come out or the baby's going to come out. Just don't worry about it now because you're going to spend your whole pregnancy worrying about something that might be fine in the end. So what was your first sign of going into labor? So I was, so I had him 40, so I was, he was 11 days late, basically. Okay. I'm trying to work that out there and that's not, that's not <laughs> going on for me. But so he's 11 days late, so I, I was being brought in to be induced on the, so he was born on the 22nd, so I was being induced on the 21st, on a Sunday, I was being brought in on a Sunday. But I actually went into labour myself on the Saturday afternoon. But I kind of, um, I, I had like lost something, but I, it was like clear something. And it was, I was like, I don't know if this is my waters or if this, I don't know what this is. So I remember in the hospital, like we had absolutely no idea. And I'd said it to my mum and she was like, I don't know, like it's been so long since I had you, I don't really know. So I rang them and they were like, look, um, if you think it's your water, just put a, put a pad on. And if that's so true within an hour, she was like, that probably is your waters. And she was like, you, you'd be able to see it on the thing and you, you know by the smell of it is your waters that have gone. So I was like, okay. Um, so I kind of left it a while and I hadn't soaked. It was about an hour, an hour and a half later and I hadn't soaked or anything. I was like, I don't know what this is. Went up to the 
the emergency room in the maternity hospital and they brought me in I think it was quite busy that night so we were kind of waiting a while but I kind of had like a few tightenings I went in anyway and got checked and she did an internal and she was like oh you're about one to two centimeters dilated she was like you have a lot of your plug left she's like I can see a lot of mucus so she, she you haven't lost that yet so we're going to send you home and I was I was happy with that I was like okay but I was like at least I know now it wasn't my water so I don't have to worry about that so we went we went home anyway I was like right I'm going to go home now and I'm going to get in touch I was I'm going to go to bed yeah. I, I'd taken out my like contraction app and I was kind of tracking them from that but I was just like I just I can't sleep so I went downstairs I put on the telly I had something to eat and I kept tracking them so I started I started I lost my whatever it was kind of like my plug but it was absolutely clear liquid so I didn't think it was my plug so I lost my plug around I think it started about 4 or 5 p.m Saturday so this was about 12 o'clock Saturday night so I was like right I'll go downstairs have something to eat watch the telly and sorry how did you feel about being induced considering that you didn't really want I, I was really kind of like, okay, fine, you know, like, and I didn't know that you could say, no, I want to wait or whatever, but I was just like, okay, and I was just pray. I think I'd gone in for an appointment and they booked me in for the inductions. I got sweet that day as well and nothing happened. Um, so they booked me in for the induction and I was just kind of like, I was like, I don't want to be induced. So I was like, I want to. I want to know just like to go yourself but I was like look yeah. this is this is the way it's going and I was like I haven't gone into labour yet but I eventually did go into labour myself but I was really nervous I was just like I don't really want to be induced but I was like if I have to be I have to be okay so I went back to bed anyway and I I absolutely conked out and I woke up then about I think it was about 11 and I, my mom had called so I went downstairs chatting to her I was like she was like, have something to eat now before you go in and have a shower. And the whole way in the car, I don't think I timed them, but I was like, because I was afraid to get my hopes up again. Yeah. But the whole way in the car, I kept kind of getting them. And then we were waiting in the reception to get like, I was like, oh, I'm here to be in juice. So we went up to the ward anyway, and the midwife kind of settled us in. And she was like, you'll be in this room now after you give birth as well. So it was nice because there was no one else in the room at the time. So... I went in, I was monitored, so uh, she was like, um, okay, she was like, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to do um, an exam, and I was like, she's like, an internal exam, I was like, okay, I was like, I, to be honest, I was just like, do whatever you need to do, I was like, I want to know, I wanted to know as well if I was, yeah. after progressing from the one to two that I was the night before, so um, she texted me, she was like, you're actually three centimetres, um, so she's like, what I'm going to do she had talked to me, they were going to put, um, I think it was the gel they were going to put in. She was telling me all about that. And she was like, I'm actually going to check with the doctor and see if they're still, if they still want to do that, or if they're just going to kind of leave it to your own thing. So she went out to check with the doctor and came back and she was like, look, we're just going to leave you progress yourself. And she was like, we'll see how you go for the next few hours and I'll keep coming in and checking on you, whatever. So that was grand uh, and then she was like oh what do you want to do about pain relief I was like I kind of just want to just see how I go I was like I'm just going to take it bit by bit I was like I might take it by hour by hour so she then offered me a paracetamol I was like oh, 
what's she offering me them for? They're absolutely I nothing. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're, you're literally like, do you want to just give me two jellies? Like, they're going to do absolutely nothing for me. But I took them anyway. So she you was do, like, just take you? them. Yeah, she was like, just take them and just see how you feel. And she was like, it won't do any harm. I was like, okay, that's true. We were kind of just walking around the corridors, going up and down the stairs, and I kept having to stop every few minutes. So I knew them to kind of stop and just breathe. So I was just kind of breathing through them. Um, so then I think we went back up, and I was getting quite uncomfortable. So the midwife was like, do you want me to run you a bath? I was like, oh, I was like, I'd love that. I think this is about 6 p.m. So she ran me a bath, and I went in the bath. And I remember just rolling around in the bath. I was just like, no. No, I just, I was like, no, I was like, I need to, I think I was in there for about maybe half an hour, 40 minutes. I think I got out of the bath. It was around 8 p.m. and I got into like new pajamas. And so I was just like, I think I'm going to get sick. And I, I was afraid to move in case if I moved, I would then drop. So yeah. I was like, go out and get the midwife, go out and get the midwife. So the midwife that we had to like settle us in whenever she had gone home because her shift, it was like change over. So this older midwife came in and she gave me, you know, those sick things, the little candy dishes. Yeah. Oh God, they're so bad. <laughs> Anytime I see one, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but um, so I was getting sick into them, and she was like, oh, she was like, oh, how are you doing? I was like, I'm all right, but I was like, I think, I think I need something. She was like, okay, I'll do an exam there. So, and I was like, I just need to know because it, it, like, I'd been a neighbour for. I don't know how long by now. So I was like, I just need to know that like this is going yeah. somewhere because I had just gone through a whole night of getting nowhere. So she checked me and she was like, you're actually five centimetres. I was like, oh my God. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, thank God. This is like, Joe, we're getting closer. And she was like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ring the bin drive down the delivery suite and tell them that you're on your way down. They had asked me, do you want the pool? And I was like, I would love to put it. I was like, is there nobody using it? And they were like, no. I was like, yes. I was like, I felt like I'd won yeah. the lottery. I was like, oh my God, why? I was like, everything seems to be going technically my way. So I was just like, oh, this is great. So they were running the, we went down there, run the pool and got down to the delivery suite. So they brought me down the wheelchair, which I... I felt it was really unnecessary, so I felt really strange, but obviously I would have been stopping every, what, three minutes to breathe through my contraction. So they brought me down, brought me in, they met the midwife, the delivery midwife. So so the first thing I was, the midwife was like, she was like, okay, so how are you feeling? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, but I was like, I need something. I was like, I need gas and air or something. I just, I need something else. I was like, I need something to take the edge off. So my contraction started at the front really early and then they started starting at the front, going around to my back and then coming back around to my front. So I was, I was in so much pain in my back. I actually was hunched over, so my back is so sore. She hooked up the gas in there and she was kind of like, just asked me like, what would you say your pain is and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, I think a surgeon came in and was like trying to get me to sign all these consent forms. And I was like, can he do it? I was like, can Jara do it? I was like, I can't, I can't do anything right now because I, I was just really like, just give me something. <laughs> and uh, they were just making me sign stuff. I think it was just consent. I didn't know, he just didn't even know what he was saying. I was just like, just, I think he actually said at one stage, just get, leave me alone, give me two minutes. So she gave, she hooked up the gas there and she was like, right. She was kind of showing me how to, she was like, take a deep breath in and then breathe out. And she was like, you can bite on the plastic bit if you need to. 
So I took one hit of gas and air. I was wearing glasses at the time and I just vomited everywhere. And I, I was just like, it was all over my glasses, all over the bed. I was just like, oh God, I was like, what's happening? <laughs> but that was great anyway. So she was like, right. She was like, well, the pool is ready. So the pool is like in a different room, but it's in like a room. So the, the, it's really big. It was like a jacuzzi pool, but there were seats in it and stuff. It was lovely. And then on the walls, they had like, I was in there for so long that like I remember what it looks like and they had like stonework on it. It was lovely and like they had lovely, they had the radio in the background, but there was lovely lights and there was a bathroom in there as well. So they brought me in there anyway and I just remember getting into the pool and I was just like, ah. So it was like the pain in my back just went and I was just, the weightless feeling in there was like, this is absolute heaven. Mm. So like, the way that my body was tense up, it just completely relaxed. And in between contractions, I was just so relaxed. It was absolutely lovely. Um, yeah. And I remember saying to myself before I got in the pool and stuff, I was like, just go another hour. Just go one, one more hour. And I just kept saying that to myself and I ended up just keep going. Um, so the midwife had, the student midwife had been like, oh, Gertie is really good. She was like, she's all for natural labor. If that's what you want, like if that's your plan. So I was like, oh, that's great. At least I know I have her on my side. Yeah. And then I had put in my birth notes as well about my phobia of needles. Cause that, it's a huge thing for me. Like if I know there's one in the room, I'm like, oh no, I can't cope with this. So I was like, I had put in my birth notes. It's like, I was like, I'd love, someone like they'd read through I could see her reading through them when I was in the pool and stuff but um I was like I, I was like I would just appreciate because in the past I've had things where like it's like oh come on just get it over I'm like but I'm free I'm like I'm a panic attack I'm like just leave me alone so I kind of had to put my nose like I was like I'd really like some patience towards this because yeah, it's very it, difficult yeah. for me but um so I was going anyway so um I was in and out of the toilet and I I didn't want an IV. I was like, I, if I can try and avoid having an IV, because I knew if I was looking at that in my hand, I wouldn't be able to focus and like breathing through the contractions. So I was like, if I don't, if I can go without having an IV, I'd love that. So I remember someone saying to me, you need to stay hydrated if you want, if you want to not have an IV. So I was drinking so much water. So I needed to go to the toilet all the time. But the moonlight, like they were so good. They were like helping me in and out and Every time I went to the toilet, um, they were putting the Doppler up to me. So they were doing like the intermittent um, feet and monitoring instead of having me hooked up to something where I couldn't move because I, I just needed to be like moving. Even in the pool, I was kind of like rocking and whatever. So every time I got a contraction, I was taking the gas and air, but I just felt like it helped me concentrate my breathing more because I was like, put that in your mouth, take a deep breath in. So I think it was about four in the morning and she was like, look, she was like, I just want to do... She was like, you've been kind of laboring for a while now. So she was like, I just want to bring you in and check and see, have you made any progress or whatever? So I was like, that's fine. I was, I was just like, do whatever you need to do. Um, Cause they'd been so like, I just think cause they were just so like loving towards me as well. Like treating me as if I was their, their daughter. It was just, it was so like, I had such a good experience, but I was just like, I'll just, whatever but they, they explained everything to me like oh we're going to do an exam now because we want to see how much your like how, what your progress is like and all that so they explained everything to me as well so we went in and um i had to get out of the pool for that so i had to walk back over to my room so i had to lie in the bed for that so 
it checked me then and I think she said I was seven six or seven centimeters so she was like I'm just gonna hook you up to the the heart monitor for a while if you don't mind I actually think she didn't even hook the do you get the two bands yeah to like stick the she actually didn't even she held them up to me so I wasn't restricted in that way she was so good and I remember her saying to me look she was like um I can see you're getting really uncomfortable whatever she was like would you like some pethidine and I was like I said no because I knew that was a needle I was like uh, no, I was like, I think, I was like, I just like to go one more hour. I was like, ask me again in an hour. She was like, okay, okay. So that was grand. She was like, I think when they were checking me as well, they broke, they were like, uh, would you like us to break your waters? I was like, do whatever you need to do. So they broke my waters. So that really kind of accelerated my contractions. They were really strong. So I think that's why, I think she monitored me after that because they broke my water just to see if everything okay. So they were like, look, do you want to go back in the pool? I was like, I'd love that. I just, I just remember being like, oh, something feels weird. And I just remember shooting up, standing up out of the pool. Bearing in mind now, I wanted to go in the birth pool the whole time, didn't bring a bikini top. So I, have, I went in, stripped off. So yeah, I was shooting up out of the pool. I know, and like there, she was like, take everything off. <laughs> like I would have been very self-conscious before and I just whipped everything I couldn't I, I'd say the whole world and I could have been in watch me I would be like I'm fine because I'm truly <laughs> fine but anyway I remember standing up just shooting up out of the pool and I was like I need to put and I think the student midwife had gone to lunch at this stage and Gertie was like um, I think you're okay I don't think you need to push it and I was just like I need to put I just remember her like trying to grab everything as quick as she could but like she wasn't making it known to me it's just because I was like oh sugar this is actually happening you can only labor in there but you can't give birth in there so I had to get out to push so that's the way I think I stood up and was like I need to push because I was like I need to get out and she put me up on the bed but I was I was like on my knees but I was facing so my back was to her so I was facing the wall and she was like, right, when you feel the urge, just push. But, like, I didn't really know what I was doing either, like, because nobody really tells you about that stage. Like, nobody told me that being in labour was different to push it. Like, I was just like, and I know people are like, oh, your body will, like, tell you. But I was just like, oh, I just don't know. So I was pushing during contractions. And I remember Gertie was like, come on, we're going to the bathroom and I'll sit you on the toilet. So now I know why she did it, because she was obviously trying to get him to come down. Mm. So she's probably back in the bed anyway. And she was like, I've I trained loads of different positions, but I just had in my head that you lie on your back to give birth. Because nobody had ever told me that you can do it any way you want. Like, but I just, I just think I was like, that's just the way I feel comfortable. So I went on my back anyway, but and I was pushing and... But I was doing, I was like holding my breath and I was like, I was really tired after being in labour so long. So I was like holding my breath and I was pushing, I could feel him coming down and they could see him coming down and then he'd go back up. But I didn't know that happened either. I didn't know that they'd come down and go back up. And I was like, why, why is this happening? I was like, what is going on? So anyway, they, they were like, whenever you get contraction, push or whatever. So I was pushing and I was just like, because we didn't know what we were having either. So I think that's what kept my energy up. I was like, I really want to know if it's a boy or a girl. So I was pushing and then finally then his head came out. Mm -hmm. 
and it was just so, like you're just, like I think because I was a young mum people tell think that you just don't want to know anything about it but I wanted to know everything about birth I'd watched everything like I'd watched all one born every minute which I know now isn't probably the best thing to watch but I just watched everything I just wanted to know everything about it but I didn't know that like so his head I pushed his head out and it was like his head was turned away from me so he was facing down so he was like I think in a good position and I was just like but like, why isn't the rest of him coming out? I didn't know that I had to wait for another contraction yeah. to push him out. And she was like, oh, just wait for another contraction and then you can push him out. So I pushed him out anyway and they kind of turned him around and I was like, oh my gosh. And they had known, they knew that we didn't know what we were having. And I was like, oh, so they kind of like held him up and turned him around so we could see, they didn't tell us, but we could see what he, I was like, oh my God, it's a boy. I was like, I was, I started bawling crying then and then uh, they put him up on my chest and it all everything just kind of like I think that was about so he was born at 7 29 so from the time my waters got broken everything moved quite quickly so that just yeah. seems like I thought I was pushing for ages so I thought I was pushing for an hour but I think Dara was like you were actually when he pushed him for 20 minutes I was like all right I was like I thought I was pushing for it I didn't have a clue yeah so that was grand anyway and she was, I didn't need any stitches or anything like that but I think what helped that was because I was in the pool for so long yeah that everything was just so like it was all there was just no pressure on anything I was just I think because I was listening to them as well and because I was kind of listening to my body that it was all it just went it just all went really well and it just went perfectly to plan and I remember he was on my chest and I kind of got the joy you get that I, I kind of not that I went into shock but I was just like oh I was kind of shaking joy you get the shaking and I got it after my second birth as well I was like oh my god what's this I was shaking she was like it's probably just because you know, your body's just gone through a lot your body is probably just like oh my god what happened so I breastfed him and they weighed him all that stuff and then I remember just thinking just, I was like I was like I think I was like I'm amazing <laughs> they must have thought that I was off my head but I was I actually think I'm amazing. I was like, I can't believe I just did that. And I was like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a superwoman. <laughs> That's honestly how I felt. I was just like, I just, I was like, I couldn't believe that he was there, and I was like, that was my baby, and that he was a boy, and that we knew what his name now was because we'd had a few names, and he just looked like a fion. I was like, just can't believe that it's all over. Mm. So that was grand. So we went back up to the. The ward and stuff so i breastfed him i only breastfed him for i'd say about 24 hours but he was he was quite a mucousy baby so he'd kind of go on the boob and then just fall asleep so he wasn't really like taken in a lot so i just i just was like i don't know how much he's having and i'd been you know i didn't know much about breastfeeding i hadn't done the breastfeeding class because i didn't know if i wanted to breastfeed or not so i ended up then i think putting him on and I put, I asked for a bottle, but even then he was only like having five mils or whatever. Okay. But um, he was really slow to feed. So like they were kind of watching him with that, but he was fine. It was just cause he was so mucus, he didn't take in much. He was just always fall asleep. Like the minute you put the bottle in his mouth, so they were like, I had to like blow in his face. And it was just surreal. Like I was just like, I just can't believe like this baby is here. 
And I was like, it's, he's mine. Like, I was like, what do I do now? Like, they just hand you the baby. You're like, okay, what happens? What happens now? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Who comes home with me? <laughs> yeah, I was like, which one of you now is coming home? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we'll move on to your second pregnancy. So I want to get everything in. So I'm Perfect. just conscious of time. So just tell me, was your second pregnancy planned? Um, we had kind of talked about it. So Fionn was 13 months when we kind of had the conversation that maybe we wanted another one. And I was an only child, so I always knew that I was going to have at least two children. Okay. So I always knew, like, I was like, Fionn will have a brother or a sister. So Fionn was about 13 months, we kind of had the conversation. So we were like, okay, whatever. And then the next month, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, I was like oh, and I just remember feeling so guilty. It's like I'm after ruining Fionn's life and all that. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Like I was giving him a gift, like not a gift, but like basically I was giving him what I never had. Like I, didn't, I don't have any siblings and I always wanted one. So I was like, I'm giving him what I always wanted. Yeah. But I remember just feeling so guilty. But that pregnancy as well was really straightforward. Like I was really healthy um the only thing is towards the end I was so uncomfortable like I was never that uncomfortable film but I was so uncomfortable with her and she from the minute she started moving she didn't stop and she would kick and like she was head down really early as well so like her feet were constantly in my ribs my due date came and passed again I was raging <laughs> I was like this isn't happening again. I was like, I'm not going 11 days over again I was like, this isn't yeah. happening so um, and I, I, I had an appointment at 39 weeks and they were like, they gave me a letter for me to come in and get my waters broken at 40 plus 10. So when I was 10 days overdue, I was coming in to get my waters broken, which freaked me out because I was like, why did they break my water straight away? Mm. But at the time, I, like, I never asked any questions because I don't know any of the class, like any, the antenatal class never told me I could question anything. So like being so young as well, you're just like, okay, obviously this is what I have to do. Like I don't have a choice. So I was like, if you don't want to be induced, I don't want my water to be broken, whatever. So I went into labor then. So I was due New Year's Eve and I went into labor then. So I woke up on the 2nd of January at about six. So I'd had like a full night's sleep and I had really good sleep and I woke up and I was like, I was like, oh my god, what's that? I said, like, that's a really like sharp pain, and I was like, oh. I was like, oh my god, I think it's happening. It's familiar, and I like, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh my god, because it was like, just the way they say, it, like you get, like, I was getting Braxton Hicks and stuff, but I was like, this kind of felt a little bit sharper. I was like, oh, and I was like, straight away again, because obviously I had such a good experience with Fionn, I was excited, and I knew that I was going to be meeting my baby as well. So I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, oh my god, I'm so excited. It felt like Christmas Eve. Like I was like, oh my god, this is happening. So. I was, a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I look okay. So I got my first contraction at about half six. And then I was like, look, I think I'm after getting contraction. So I was like, I'm just, I knew, like, I'd, I think it was like, from start to finish, it was like 32 hours. So that was from like the Saturday afternoon to, to the Monday morning. So I expected to have like a long labour again. So I was like, I'm just going to get myself comfortable. I'm just going to get up. I'm going to have something to eat. I had stupidly put tan on the night before. So I was like, I need to have a shower and wash that. Fair play to wash, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I washed that off. So I was like, right. And I kind of, I rang my mum because she was the one who was going to be taking Fionn. And I'd rang her, I think I rang her about half seven. So I started getting like three contractions in that time. And I was like, look, I was like, I'm about to get a few contractions, I think, um, just to leave you know. And she's like, look, okay. Because she, know, she knew, obviously, I had a really long labour with Fiona. That was grand. And then all of us, so I hung up the phone and I was like, oh, these contractions are very fast. Like, they were just coming kind of one after another. And I was like, these are just, I was getting no break and they were so strong. And I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on because like, it, it wasn't like this the last time. And I was like, maybe this is false. I didn't, I was like, maybe these are just, was it, do I wind? I was like, I don't know. So we rang, we rang the wards anyway because I'd gotten to a point where I was like, nobody touched me, nobody talked to me. I, I couldn't talk through the contractions. I was like, okay. So we rang the, the maternity hospital and they were like, um, she kind of spoke to me during a few of them. Well, like when I could, I had to hand the phone over. I was like, I can't talk right now. I was like, I'm getting a contraction. So then I went back and she was like, look, she was like, they do sound a bit irregular. And like, to be fair to her, they were completely irregular. They were coming at like random. They One would come like every, there was like, I could have one every two minutes. And then all of a sudden it would be like 30 seconds later, I'm having another one. And then a minute later, I'm having another one. I was like, what's happening? So I was kind of, I was like, right, I need to go in for shower because I need to wash this tan off. That's all I was in mind. I was like, this tan needs to come off because it was so dark. I was like, right. So I went in for a shower and the shower, the contraction kind of calmed down the shower. So we kind of got ready to leave and I put on the most random clothes. I think just because I was just like, oh, this isn't, I was like, I'm going to be sent home anyway. Mm. So I'm not, whatever. So I was wearing like a dressing gown with tracksuit and a really tight top, which didn't make any sense but anyway I went with it so um we went we, oh I have rang my mom so this is I rang her at half seven at eight o'clock she just got to work I rang her I was like you need to come home 
and I was downstairs in the kitchen. I was like, I was nearly crying. So I was like, these are just, this is just so intense. And there was just no break in between. So I didn't have time to do like compose myself and then focus on the next one. It was just like rolling. Like they just kept coming. And I was like, oh my God. So then my mom came and I was like, right, we need to go. So we got into the hospital, or we got into the car and it was like, I think it was about, about 20 past nine, we got into the car and then all of a sudden I started getting sick. So Daryl was trying to get me into the car, but I was getting sick outside his car and then he didn't want me to get sick in the car. So he was passing these, these bags and I was like, oh my God, and I didn't want to get, get sick in his car. It was just a new yeah. car. And I was like, oh my God. So I was trying to get into the car and I remember trying to sit down and the pain shooting up my bum. I was like, oh, I was like, can't sit down. And he was like, it was like, you're go he was like, you're going to have to sit down. I was holding him to the back of the chair of the car. And I was like, he started to like drive off. And I was like, you can't drive now sit like this. Like, this is not safe. He was like, he was like, you're in so much pain. I don't like, we need to get you to the hospital. We walked into like where you go into the maternity hospital from the thing. And I was like, I'm not going upstairs. Cause it was like two flights of stairs. I'm not going to make it up the stairs. So we went into the lift and I, sure God loved him. I remember walking into the lift and there was this like couple coming out with their new baby. And I was like, just get out of my way. <laughs> I was no. like, Trigal doesn't leave the hospital. And I, I'm just like, get out. Oh, I'm sure she was there. <laughs> no, I was like, oh my God. And I, like, if I thought I would have been mortified, but I actually couldn't be mortified at that stage. So we, I eventually made it up to like the emergency room in there. And I was down. I remember just saying to Dara, oh my God, I was like, I'm going to get sick. And he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try and find those there was little what are they called the kidney the bowl kidney thing? dishes yeah. kidney dishes so he was like i'll go and find one of them for you because i was like there's a bin over there but i can't get to it and i remember just being thank god there was no one in the emergency room and the midwife came in but dara wasn't there because he was trying to he was he went around the other side because he was knocking at the door and nobody could hear him so he went around the other side of the emergency room and was going in and getting a bowl but in the meantime then the midwife had one of the midwives had come in and i was just on first she's like are, are you okay i was like no <laughs> And I was like, she's like, what's your name? I was like, uh, Ellen. And she was like, uh, okay. And then Dara came in and I was like, tell her. I was like, just tell her my name. And, you know, I was like, just tell her everything. She's like, okay. She was like, okay, I'm going to need you to stand up so I can bring you in. Because they had to assess me before they sent me down to the delivery suite. So I went in and I remember standing up against the wall and she was trying to get me in, but I could barely move because the contractions were just so intense. And I was trying to just breathe through them. And I remember leaning up against the wall she came over rubbed my back and I was like ah I was like get off me because <laughs> I was I'm one of these people I'm like don't touch you and I'm in pain yeah. and Dara had to be like uh she doesn't like people touching her when she's in pain <laughs> so went in anyway and they assessed me and she was like um oh you're I remember taking off my obviously I took off my pants and stuff and I was like oh my god there's blood but obviously it was my it was my show and because um, I got none of that at home either, like there was no sign of me actually going into labour. So I, she assessed me and she was like, oh my God, you're five centimetres. And I was like, um, I'm getting the urge to push. She was like, okay, she was like, I need you to not push. I was like, I know, I was like, I'm, I'm really trying to hold on and I'm really trying to stop it. And uh, she was like, okay, you're five centimetres, I'm going to get you down to the delivery seat. She was like, just get dressed there. And I was like, you mean to tell me I just put my clothes back on? I was like, all dignity has left the building. I was like, I put my clothes back on to go there. And she was like, I, she was like, you do, because I have to go through the reception. 
so like everyone in, had, in reception had seen me coming in so I was like leaning up the, against the doors and everything having to stop every two minutes I could see them looking at me and if it wasn't so focused on my contractor I would have been like what are you looking at because <laughs> you're like you don't want, it was just a load of drama and all these people were like what's, what's is she okay I said Dara was just like oh my god get me out <laughs> so anyway she um I eventually got into the wheel because they had put me down put me in a wheelchair she was she was ages but I had that shooting pain on my bum again so I couldn't really sit down and she's like I really need to sit down because I really need to get to sit down so I was like I know I know I'm really trying but I'm really sorry I just kept just saying I'm so sorry I'm really sorry I'm really sorry I'd say they were like and I think she was like you're okay you're okay but I was like I'm just so yeah. sorry so then she started running with me because I could kind of feel the wind in my hair and I was like what's happening she was just running with me and I was like oh my god what is going on but then Jarrah said he was trying to be all cool and calm and just walking out because we knew he had to walk through a reception. Yeah. So he was like walking out in the bags and then he saw her running and he was like, oh, oh, sugar. So he started running. So he was like, I'd say everyone's sitting there like, was just saying, what is going on? So did she sense then that there, there had to be like uh, urgency about getting you down to the, obviously you were saying you were pushing, but did she see something that you didn't? Uh, I don't know like she kind of, she checked me she was like oh my god you're five centimeters but I think because yeah. I was saying that I wanted to push and she could see how there was no break between the contractions and that they were really intense she was like okay and I think because I t- said them was my second baby so they were right so she yeah. kind of was just running down because I was being like I think I need to, I was like I'm getting the urge to push but I'm really trying to hold on so I remember then getting down to the room and there was like I think there was about four or five midwives in the room because they were obviously trying to get the room ready because they weren't expecting me. Yeah. So they were trying to get the room ready and it was really just hectic. And I was just like, because I, like with Fiona's birth, it was all so quiet and calm. And I was just like, what? Like there was just so many people in the room, but they, there was no like, it wasn't an emergency as if something was going wrong. They were just trying to get everything ready because I think they knew that I was going to have the, the baby. Like, so I got up on the bed. I think the minute I got on the bed, I started pushing. So again, I went, I was on all fours, then I went onto my back again, because it's just the way I felt comfortable. And they, I, I remember the midwife that I had in the emergency room was there as well. She was trying to hook me up to the heart monitor, okay. the electronic fetal heart monitor thing. And it was just beeping and beeping. It was constantly beeping. So I was, I was pushing, I was starting to push. And I... I was like, oh, all I could hear was beeping. And I was just like, I just remember like shouting at them. I was like, what is happening? I was like, is my baby okay? Like, what? They were like, everything's fine. They were like, the baby's just a bit stressed because everything is happening so quickly. And but I think the machine was beeping because it couldn't fight, it couldn't find the heartbeat because she was she was down so low, she her heart wasn't where it was supposed to be because she was coming out, like her head was nearly out. I remember. So I did like, I did my first push. I'll never forget the image. My water has burst into the midwife's face and she jumped back and she was like, oh my goodness. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she was like, do you feel better now? Because there was a lot of pressure before that. And I was like, yeah, I feel a bit better. But I obviously still needed to push. But I was just, I'll just never forget that image of her jumping back and the water just being everywhere. I was like, yeah. oh, I was like, I'm really sorry. Then I think I did only about two more pushes and she was born. Wow. And... It was mad, like it was so fast. And I honestly thought like they were gonna send me home. Like I thought I was in false labor because there was like, it was so intense. There was no 
breaks I was like these must just be really bad Braxton Hicks she was born and like they just they put her up onto they kind of put her onto my belly and I was just looking at her I was like oh my god but we still didn't know what we were having so they were kind of I was just so in shock I didn't even ask and we didn't have time to tell tell them either that we didn't know what we were having so she they just put her up my belly and I was like oh my god I was like when did this happen? I was like, how did yeah, this baby get here? Like, yourself. I was just like, and this, so she was born at 10.36. So like, we'd only been in the hospital like 20 minutes. Yeah. I think by the time we actually got to the hospital, it was about, I'd say it was just after 10. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, what is after happening? And then after about, I'd say it was about a minute or two, I was like, what is it? They were like, did you not know? I was like, no, I don't know what it is. So they checked and they were like, it's a girl. But I had convinced myself I was having a boy. I don't know why I just had in my head, like, it's going to be a boy. So even when she was born, I was kind of looking at her being like, oh, lovely. I was like, he's here. But I was like, I still need to ask them. I still need them to check. And then they said, oh, my God, it's a girl. And I was like, what? And then I, I checked myself. I was like, are you sure? But she was born and crying. And um, so that was fine. So I don't really, it was just, so fast I remember she was put on my chest and obviously I was used to having kind of a toddler so Fionn was he was nearly he was two in February so she was born in the January and he was two in February so he wasn't he was like what one in 11 months but she, they put her they kind of I had a really tight top on so they had tucked her up into my top which was really nice because she was like on my skin or whatever and I remember she wouldn't stop crying I was like but like this at this stage now, like everything calmed down, and like it was just one midwife in the room with me, and it was all quiet and it was nice and calm. So I was like, I kind of got my calmness afterwards. But um, I remember just trying to remember, like, oh, why? I was like, what's she crying? What does she want? I was like, I only had a baby like less than two years ago, but I was like, you just get so out of like, it's like, what does she need? Yeah. And then I fed her whatever, and she was fine. Um, and then. My first two questions, well, after obviously I asked what she was, I was like, do I need stitches? I was like, how long was I pushing for? I had all these questions then, because I'd known all these things of Fionn, but I didn't know her. And they were like, oh, um, she's like, oh, I actually haven't checked yet. Because I think I, I had given birth to the placenta and all that. She was like, I'm not sure if you're going to need stitches because she's like, I haven't checked yet, so I'll check in a minute. And she was like, her shoulder got a bit stuck when she was coming out. Okay. But she's still... I think it was only pushing for four minutes. So she still came out really fast. But she was like, just the way she came out, her shoulder just was a little bit stuck. So they didn't know if I would need a few stitches. So they checked anyway. And she was like, no, you don't need any stitches. She was like, Brilliant. you're fine. And I was just like, I didn't, I wasn't one bit tired. My body wasn't sore. Like with Fionn, I felt like the day after I had him, I, I remember saying it, I feel like I was put in a washing machine and just, because my whole body was sore from my head to my toes my muscles are sore because I was in labor for so long so long but yeah. with her yeah with her then I was like I was like I feel perfectly fine like I was, I was like don't even feel like I had a baby so then like we kind of rang everyone and I remember ringing my mom I was like oh she was like how are you are you coming home I was like I had the baby she's like what she's like I expect you to be coming home <laughs> And she was like, oh, what did you have? She's like, it's a boy, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a girl. So we were all just weak for the fact that I had a girl as well because he had the boy now and the girl. And I think because I convinced myself it's a boy. But um, yeah, so like that part went really well and like didn't need stitches. And afterwards, 
like I wasn't sore the recovery went really well and so how was your breastfeeding journey this time had you decided what you wanted to do there so I really really wanted to breastfeed like it okay. was like my goal is that I'm going to breastfeed even if it's for the first three months and in the hospital everything was fine and then I got home she had bruised me on my left nipple really really badly she was just feeding all the time but her latch wasn't quite right either so I had breastfed I was okay in the hospital it was, it was uncomfortable but I kind of expected that and like the nurse was really good or the midwife sorry was really good and she kept coming to check me I think it was the same so it was the same midwife that I had the whole time I was staying there so she was like really good and she was coming in and she was kind of checking and to see if I had any because I was saying to her that was quite sore and she was like oh you've bruising on your nipple and she got Dara to go over to Boots and get all the the lanolin cream so I was putting that on but I was just it was really really and like she was she was feeding quite well but I had convinced myself I think that her latch was really bad but it it was only just because it was so painful on the left the right was okay but I remember it would come to like so that was fine I'm in the hospital so then we went home and I remember the midwife saying to me look the first six weeks are going to be hard and I was like oh god I don't know if I could be in pain for six weeks like that's what I was saying I was like I was a toddler at home like I was like I don't but I was like I'll just keep going anyway so I I got home and I breastfed for the first day and a half and I remember the midwife calling so she was born on Tuesday I was home on Thursday and the midwife called or the public health nurse sorry sorry called on the Friday and I remember saying to her like in my nipple like they're really really sore like feeding is excruciating I was like if someone like anytime someone picked her up and said she was hungry I'd be like oh my god do I really have to feed her again and I'd be like could she just wait five minutes so I had to like gear myself up for it because it was so painful and I remember her being like look can you show me she was like when she needs feed she came in and like she sat down like it was so informal like she like it was just like sitting there with my friend like she was so like asking me like how I felt and because I had postnatal depression after fun so she was kind of asking me how I felt and she asked me about the birth and all that kind of stuff and she was like right uh, now she's like when the baby gets hungry you can show me her feeding so I'd say she was there for about two hours before she got hungry and um then I remember putting her on and I was literally hunched over in a ball and she like Olivia had latched on but it was so painful and I remember the midwife coming over and she was like okay relax now relax I was like I can't relax can't relax so painful and she literally had to to get me to relax she had to push my shoulders back and push me into the couch now she wasn't doing a force for arm but she could just see how much pain I was in and she just pushed, she had to push me back as if like to straighten me up. And then I could settle into the feeding. But I was like, if I was on my own, I would have stayed like that. Like, And then I think she was kind of like, I'm going to send. So there was another public health nurse who was like, she, I think she might have been a breastfeeding counsellor, lactation consultant as well. So she was like, I'm going to send her up to you in the next few days. So I think she wasn't due up until Tuesday. But I just remember getting to a point, I think Friday evening, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And like the thought of having to get dressed and go to like lactation. And to be honest, I didn't have the money. Like they're not, it's not the cheapest thing to go to either. Like, so I was like, 
we just don't I don't have the resources right now and I didn't know anyone who breastfed and I didn't have like friends to because I still didn't have any friends I had a few I once once I went back to work after I had Fionn I um I had made a few friends who had kids but like none of them had had babies and none of them had breast I think they only breastfed for a while but like I, I also didn't want to be like I need help with breastfeeding you know to my friends from work so like I didn't really have anyone and like my mum breastfed me but she was like honest she was like I was what 20 I think it was 20 I was 22 when I had Olivia and she was like so long ago she's like I don't know but she didn't have the greatest time either with breastfeeding so she was really like look you're she was like you're doing great and I remember her like one night I was like I just don't know if this is going well and she was like she was like look at that baby she's like that baby is so content she was like you are doing a brilliant job she's like she's you'd know if she wasn't happy she was like she's sleeping away there she is fine she's like she'd be crying all the time she was still hungry because I was like I don't know if she's still hungry I don't know if I'm giving her enough I remember the public health nurse just being like look if you feel like she's not getting enough you can supplement with formula so I think I got formula that day and I was like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep it just in case but I had gotten to a certain point and I said I can't feed her anymore the pain was just it was worse than labor it's like I'd have lay I'd give labor once a week rather than have this pain mm. so but I I do see I didn't have a pump either because I went to a breastfeeding class and they said don't pump for the first like four to six weeks so I had it in my head that I couldn't pump but I'd say if I had a pump and I just pumped on one side and fed her on the other I would have been fine I just had it and I think anytime then I just thought of her having a feed I was just like just gonna be pain I'm just gonna be in so much pain and like I was kind of worried that like it would send me down like the postnatal route again and I just I didn't want to deal with that again so I ended up just moving to farm level. I was, I, I think that I, cause like I had post postnatal depression again after Olivia, but I think that's what kind of like, that was like the dry, the driving factor. Cause I just felt so guilty that I had stopped cause I really wanted to do it. And I felt like I failed and I was like, why did I stop? And I should have just kept going, but the pain was just so bad. I couldn't keep going. But I just remember even like if I was out in public and she would do a bottle, I just, I just, I just, nobody was judging me, but I just remember feeling everyone looking at me being like everyone thinking I should be breastfeeding her. Oh, it's awful what we do to ourselves. God. I know. Even though every time I fed her a bottle, I don't know. I just felt it's just, there was just this overwhelming guilt all the time. Yeah. So that just didn't help. But like the second time around postpartum was a lot easier because I kind of knew what to expect and I knew like I'd gone through kind of a lot with fun with my postnatal I was a lot of it with loneliness as well like I was 21 at home all day with a baby yeah all of my friends had like full-time jobs or they were in college like my mom was still working full-time I didn't really have anyone and I didn't know anyone who had kids and I wasn't confident enough to go to like all these baby groups which I should have but I just I just didn't have the confidence to do it. Not that I, not that I was afraid of like leaving the house with him. It's just, I don't know. I think it was cause I, I just felt judged cause I was young anyway, having a baby. I was going to ask is, was it uh, because you were just a self-conscious person even outside Fionn or was it because you oh, had it so young? I was, I was a self-conscious person outside of having Fionn, but I also felt uh, like, 
I was I had like a baby face and I was pregnant with him and you could just see like older people kind of looking at you and maybe they weren't judging me but I just felt they were yeah and it was like oh the question I got asked all the time with both of the kids was it planned was that mm. was that got to do with anything like it's mm. I'm pregnant now you know like and I'm happy about it so why does it matter to you if it was planned mm. so like people would just run I remember some fork being like was it planned and I was like no but like it was a surprise it was a good surprise like there was nothing bad about it like it wasn't I hate when people say it was an accident or a mistake because like how could you say that and then you look at your baby offensive yeah yeah and I was just like I was like I'd hate for him to grow up and be like oh it was an accident well you weren't like you were just a surprise and you were an absolutely lovely surprise and I remember my mom saying to me she's like yes you're young but she was like you could be telling me that you're really really sick like, I remember the day I told her, she said, like, you could be telling me you're really, really sick. And she was like, this is an absolute blessing. She was like, we're so lucky that you're having a baby. She was like, this is going to be lovely. So, like, I, I was really lucky that I had that because yeah. I was so worried just about telling my family because of my age and whatever. But it was it was just very lonely and isolating. And I think that's um, what kind of, not caused me to have postnatal, but it didn't help with it at all yeah, yeah so after Olivia then were you ready did you know like what to look out for I kind of did now my doctor was amazing as well because I remember going into him after I had found I was, I was due to go back to work and I was just like he was such a bad sleeper as well that I was just like I was like I was like I can't and I remember him sitting there and being like are you feeling tired are you feeling a bit down whatever I was like yeah and he was like I think you might have postnatal I was like oh like oh all right and I was so disappointed I was like I don't want to have it I think I was trying to convince myself I didn't have it but this was like like film was six months at this point and I was just like no I was like because I wanted to kind of prove myself as well as a young mom like I don't want people to look at me and be like oh it's just another young one getting pregnant who's going to leave her child with the grandparents so I then got this thing where like he wouldn't be allowed to be with anyone and I would always have him. I'd feel guilty going to the toilet. I'd feel guilty going to the shop without him. Or I was just, I just felt guilty about everything, like just everything. And then I just remember the doctor being like, yeah, I think you've postnatal. And then I, I had gone up to Dara's mom and I was like, the doctor, because she was mine of film when I went to the doctor. And she was like, yeah, she was like, I was going to say it to you, but I didn't want to say it to you. But she was like, you've obviously been struggling or whatever. But we got through it and I never went on any medication for it. I just started, I just kind of, I was like, look, stop beating yourself up about things. And I was like, get out of the house more. I started going for walks and just kind of getting out. And I think I kind of started meeting my friends a bit more as well. So that kind of helped with it all. So I I never ended up having to take medication because I didn't really want to take it either. Mm. Um, So... And I just got, I just started getting out of the house more, so it was a lot better. So, so then the second time, I think it was the guilt of breast, like not being able to breastfeed was the driving factor for it, but it, w- it wasn't half as bad. But I just remember having like this rage, just this rage over like the this, this silliest things. And like, Fionn would like spill his drink and I'd be like, oh, this is just this trying to ruin my day, even though it was it. It was just all these little things that would like get to me and I'd be like, why, like, why am I so angry about it? But 
I've read more stuff about it now when like postpartum rages and like it's a thing that can happen because your hormones are so all over the place mm-hmm. and I, I definitely had that so I think I started feeling that and I went to the doctor and I was like oh, I think it's happening again and I had, I think I went to the nurse and then uh, oh she was so lovely like she sat me down I think I was in there for an hour and a half and like I cried and whatever and she was like look maybe this is just what's going to happen after you have babies I think once I just accepted it I was like oh okay settled into it I was like this is how I'm feeling today some days I don't want to leave the house some days I'm fine and I'm playing it and I actually think I got through it a bit faster I felt like it came out of it before she was one anyway I think she was about eight or nine months and I was like right I feel because I went back to work when she was about eight months and kind of the routine and like being around the old girls from work it just felt a bit better so I was fine then once I started back to work and stuff. It's nice to hear the perspective of a young mum actually Um, yeah I think for other people as well it'd be nice to hear. Well see that's kind of why I wanted to do it as well because some of us get such a bad rap but like there's some like there's a lot of most like mostly all of them just want the best of their babies but it's just not seen as that because we're young and we're seen as like irresponsible for getting pregnant and like oh you shouldn't be having babies this young and the amount of people that have said to me what you have kids or you have a child I'm like yeah I have two they're like oh my god you're so young I'm like I haven't heard that before do you know what kind of way it's like just because I'm young doesn't mean I'm any less of a mother but like I just felt judged me. I felt judged more in my second pregnancy because I had a toddler in tow that I remember I used to hate, like having him in the buggy and me at my big bump. I'd be like, oh, everyone now just thinks like, oh, there's another young one going off getting pregnant, trying to get money. Do you know that? It's just terrible. Like, but yeah, like I kind of just wanted to come on and just be like, young mothers can still be successful as well. Like I'm just after finishing my course and gentle birth instruction now, like I have a job, like I provide for my kids who don't, who don't live at home. Like just because I'm young mom doesn't mean I'm still living at home. And like, if you are still living at home with your parents, that's fine too. Like you didn't, you're young, you're not expecting all these things, but I just knew that I wanted to be, I'd be independent anyway. But I knew like we, like we kind of moved out. I'd say I was about 10 weeks pregnant. So it's like, I, I was like, I want to live together before we throw a baby into this because everything is new for us. And like, we're only, I think we were 20 when we moved in together. So I was just like, whatever. But like, I've had, my children are loved and fed and cared for. And because I'd had two really positive experiences, like, like I want other people to know, no matter what age you are, you can have a positive experience. If you'd like to share your story, you're more than welcome to. You can pop me an email to irelandsbirthstories at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram or on the website irelandsbirthstories.ie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.